Well, uh, I guess I'll first start off by just wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving 2019. A few days uh, away from here, and I have never <clears throat> in the history of ever uh, preached a Thanksgiving-themed sermon. I'm just not a big theme guy at all, but I, uh, I thought maybe, maybe... We could change it up. And so we're going to take a pause from our study in the book of Esther temporarily. We will conclude that. But today I wanted to preach a Thanksgiving-themed message. And I wanted to begin by asking a really important question. And, And this question will set the course for where we're going to go today. And the question is this, what is our motive for our gratitude and thankfulness to God? That's really important. I'll be repeating it throughout the sermon. And you always know when the pastor repeats something, either he's forgetting what he's saying or he really wants you to remember that. And so I really want you to remember this. So so what is our motive for our gratitude and thankfulness to God? You could then take a step further and ask the question, is gratitude a bad thing? And I would say, well, no, not necessarily, but it could be. For example, if my motivation, say, for obeying God, is because I need to demonstrate gratitude and thankfulness to Him, if that's my motivation because I I need to do that, it could be. Like when, when someone invites you over for dinner, and out of gratitude, you feel the need, then, well, they invite me over, so now I've got to invite them over. If that's the way we are thinking about our relationship and our obedience to God, it might not be such a good thing. It, it runs the risk of dishonoring God because it says, okay, God, you've done all these great things for me. All right, let me, let me pay you back now. Like, when I do good for God, I take another step in the path of obedience. So, it's really important that my thinking is not, God helped me in the past, now, i got to do something for Him in the future. Rather, I need to say, God helped me in the past, and I think about 2019, I think about all the times that God has helped me in the past, and now I... I need his help for the very next moment of my life. I need him that much more this week, this month. That sort of gratitude honors and makes much of him. Because at the end of the day, we we don't give God anything. We, We can't pay him back. And oh, by the way, to try to is to dishonor him and to fail to understand what the Bible teaches. Like in Acts chapter 17, verse 25, it says that God is not served by human hands as though He needed anything. He doesn't need anything since He Himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And so to think that we can somehow pay him back or to make the mistake in our thinking, it really is insulting to him. It belittles him and it runs the risk of making gratitude and thankfulness into something that it's just flat out not supposed to be. See, we need him. He doesn't need us. 
And when we think, well, I'm so grateful and thankful to God, I think I'm going to pay him back for all the things he's given to me. We make a profound mistake. Rather, our goal should be to go deeper into debt. And if you know me, under most circumstances, I would never advocate this, with few exceptions, if it's a cash-flowing asset that one requires, or if it's God's grace, then, yeah, you should go deeper into debt, absolutely. We should think of it that way. We should think that obedience is going deeper in debt to God every moment, because it takes more and more grace to be obedient this afternoon than it did yesterday. Like, I need him that much more today than I did yesterday. That's the truth. That's the reality. So I get more and more from God. I go deeper and deeper into debt, and that is the best and happiest way to live. Because we never get out of debt to God's grace. So the thought of gratitude as a payback dishonors God and His glory and His grace in our lives. The Christian life is about going deeper into His debt, His debt of grace, not trying to pay it off. And all of this, all of this serves to remind us how to truly be grateful and thankful to God. Insert Thanksgiving 2019. How do you do that? To, to, to need and to depend on Him is the best way to be thankful and grateful. That's, that's the best way. I'm going to say that again because it, it bears repeating. How to truly be grateful and thankful to God is to need and to depend on Him. And that is what I want us to think on today. Specifically when it comes to our motives for our gratitude to God. Our motives. That's why I asked the question today. What are our motives for gratitude? What are our motives for thanksgiving? Because one of the things I regularly hear this time of the year upon reflecting on the different thanksgiving services that I have been a part of is something to the effect, and it's pretty pretty frequent. I think most Sundays in America, as the people of God gather together, and it's something along the lines of, are you ready? Attitude, you know where I'm going, right? Of gratitude. That's where I'm going, right? I went to church, I gathered with the saints of God, and then I hear something along the lines of, and it just, it's like, oh, oh, it must be the end of November. Yep, it's all about this Sunday, an attitude of gratitude. And uh, that just is a phrase that really annoys me. I don't know, maybe you guys like it. It just annoys me. I'm like, oh, it's so cliche. And I told Diane, I'm like, if I hear someone talk about an attitude of gratitude one more time, I'm going to lose it. And yet, you really can hear that in most churches today. On the brink of the Thanksgiving holiday that we are about to embark upon. And what I've come to realize, thinking on this saying, and then asking other people, well, what does it mean? It becomes, has become clear to me that this catchphrase really has evolved into a message really that's more about positive thinking 
than it is about the Christian response to grace. Positive thinking. I want to take you from positive thinking to the Christian response of grace. That's where I'm going today. And I think we need to be careful. I think we need to think hard on such topics. So many Christians, they just don't think hard on stuff. Just real surface level, just, you know, just a little catchphrase here or there, go on your way. We're called to think hard. We're called to. And we should. We should think hard on such topics as to honor God in a meaningful way that surpasses the world's version of gratitude and thanksgiving. Because non-Christians, guess what? They, uh, they tell you that they're thankful and grateful too. Is there any difference between their gratitude and thankfulness and a Christian's? Because there should be. And if we fail here, we run the risk of great irreverence and idolatry before God. I don't want that for me or you. Or to say it another way, there is a type of gratitude that's pleasing to God. I think we've established that so far. But it is not first a delight in the benefits God gives, though the benefits are certainly part of it. See, true gratitude must be rooted in something that comes first, Something that's primary, namely a delight in the beauty and excellency of God's character. That's where true gratitude is rooted in. It has to be. And it's not to say I can't be grateful for the the gifts and relationships and friendships that God has given to me. Oh, absolutely. But first and foremost, primary is a delight in the beauty and excellency of God's character. Because if this is not the foundation of our gratitude, then there becomes nothing differentiating between us and non-Christians in this regard. No difference. Despite the fact that as Christians, our gratitude should be on a totally different level because we've been given a new nature and new desires, so it really does become important that we think in a mature way about gratitude and thankfulness. Or have you not heard that it was said, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. We are called to think maturely. To go beyond the, the surface level stuff that so often we hear and, and talk about it. I don't know how in the world people are meaning to define it. Sometimes it just, like I said, it becomes more positive thinking than anything else. And, and this very much is where we have James, Jesus' little half-brother, to assist us. And James chapter 4, people are getting rebuked by James. And we look at verse 3, and it says this, You ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So here are the people in the story. They're getting chewed out because they don't ask God for things in order for God's goodness and grace to be magnified. They don't ask God for things for the sake of His honor or glory. They don't even ask God for things to be able to fulfill His will. It's just their own selfishness. It's the only time they go and ask God for stuff. And so there's a real motivation issue. Now, yes, the immediate context here 
is prayer, but the principle is so important that it can take our application to gratitude and thankfulness. The, the issue here in James chapter 4 is one of what are their motives. Well, he tells them right there. It's motive, motives of selfishness. Verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. There's a wrong motivation that is taking place. That's why James is correcting them right here. The, the word spend means to completely squander. And it was the word used by Jesus in Luke chapter 15, verse 13, to describe the prodigal son's wastefulness of squandering his inheritance. The individuals here in the story who are being rebuked, they're trying to fulfill and gratify their selfish desires. That's the issue. That's why they're, they're coming to God, making these requests. And the problem is this. If we remain immature in our thinking like the individuals being, being rebuked here in James chapter 4, 3, if we remain in this immature way of thinking, we, we dishonor God and we sin against God, regardless of the fact that they are praying. And we would say, well, it's a good thing to pray. Just as we might say, it's a good thing to have an attitude of gratitude. They are praying, but they are dishonoring God. Did you know that it was possible to dishonor God through prayer? That's what's happening here in the story, and it's just as possible to dishonor God in the midst of thanksgiving as well. You see, God is no more honored despite the so-called attitude of gratitude if your gratefulness to God is not based in Him. Like, I'm going to be sitting around the dinner table, and we sit around in a few days, like many of you. Uh, I'll be in New Jersey, and... Visiting my, my best friend, Roland. I'd often joke. Like, yeah, going to New Jersey, what for? Well, it's not to visit my compassion child, I'll tell you that much. Going to visit my best friend, Roland. And we're sitting around the dinner table. And there's non-Christians there. And we're talking about, what are we thankful for? And you can hear them saying, well, I'm thankful for the country we live in. Or I am, I'm thankful for my health. Or I'm thankful for my my son or my daughter or my husband or my wife or X, Y, and Z, right? Just, just down the list. And yet, if our thankfulness is not based in who He is, our gratitude becomes no more pleasing to God than all the other emotions which unbelievers have. And unbelievers do have emotions. They have emotions of thankfulness. They have emotions of gratitude. And they have all these emotions without actually loving or delighting in Him. For example, for sake of illustration, you would not be honored, any, any of you in here, you would not be honored, you wouldn't be cherished, you, you wouldn't be treasured if I thanked you. Even if I did so often, for all the gifts that you gave to me. Let's assume you give me gifts on a regular basis. I could thank you constantly. I could be all about the attitude of gratitude. But if I didn't like you, if I didn't regard you for who you are, you'd feel insulted. Like No matter how much I, I thanked you for the gifts that you gave to me, you might even feel, dare I say, used by me. Joe thanks me, but 
I don't even think Joe actually likes me, or I don't even think he actually cares about me. I remember <clears throat> back when I was in college, I know some of you guys are in college, there was a girl. I feel like these stories oftentimes have girls in them. But there was a girl in, I think it was the sister dorm, and she had a guy she was sort of seeing. But uh, she wasn't attracted to him at all. Not at all, right? Wasn't attracted to him physically, uh, his character, his personality, nothing. She didn't really even like him at all, even though she was like dating him or going on dates with him. And when I asked why, she told me, well, I like to get a free meal and I like all the gifts that he buys me. It's a true story. See, he had become to her a means to an end, like a tool or a machine to produce the things that she really loved and that she really wanted. See, that's why I'm saying it's possible to dishonor God despite the so-called attitude of gratitude if your gratefulness to God is not based in Him. If it's not based in who he is, one becomes like that very girl. She doesn't want the guy. She doesn't even regard or like him. She just wants the gifts. And so it is with God. If we are not captured by him, who he is, his personality, God's very character, then despite any positive attitude, which any non-Christian can have, and you might sit with some non-Christians on Thursday and have a meal with them, and they might even talk about what they're thankful for. All of that attitude of gratitude garbage is just meaningless. You know? I know, oh sure, right? I put in air quotes, right? I'm, I'm thankful, but it's not because I like you. It's just I like getting all the, the things from you. And this is exactly the picture that James chapter 4 is showing us. Verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people! Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity, is hatred with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Remember the question I, I, I set this up with at the very beginning? What, what are your motives for gratitude? What are your motives for thankfulness? Because that's what's been... The root of the story, that's, that's what he's criticizing here. James is criticizing the motives of these people. Their motives of prayer. And they're treating God like a, like a cuckold. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a man whose wife is being unfaithful. That's why he calls them in verse 4, you adulterous people. That's why. Because even though they're praying... They are forsaking their husband, God. And, and they're going after another lover, the world. And to make matters worse, they're, they're actually asking God in their prayers to fund the adultery. Can I, just imagine right that, right? I was like, Diana, can I have like 50 bucks? Why? Oh, I'm taking a girl out to, to dinner tonight. Be like, what? That's, what? that's why he's like, you adulterous people! Whew. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? That's the picture that James gives us, right? This wife who, I imagine she's probably grateful to her husband. I imagine she's probably thankful 
for all the money that she gets from him to use and to buy different things to fund her adultery despite the fact that she's out having sex with other men. And now we're getting at the root of the issue. And you know what's amazing is the same flawed spiritual dynamic is often true when people thank God for sending Christ to die for them. I'll say it again because when I thought about this the first time it didn't register. The same flawed spiritual dynamic is often true when people thank God for sending Christ to die for them. And that can be a little puzzling because you would think if you're thanking God for Christ, well, this would seemingly undo all the bad motives. You thank God for Christ, that, that automatically undoes all the bad motives, it automatically undoes all the selfishness that people are being rebuked for, right? Perhaps you have heard people say how thankful we should be for the death of Jesus, and we should be. We should be. Because it shows how much value God puts upon us. At which one point we maybe stop to think about that. We should be thankful for Jesus for dying on the cross because of all the value it puts on us. Huh. And I've heard people say it and, and talk this way, and I'm sure I've been guilty of thinking this way too, to say, God loves you so much, and that's not a false statement. He does. But then it starts to creep over the line to, you are so special, right? He values you so much, and, and on and on and on. And then we pause and we ask a question. What's the foundation of the gratitude and thankfulness that I have for Jesus? What's the foundation of it? Is it me? Or is it God? That's an important question. What are our motives here? Because motives really matter a whole lot. Whether the issue is prayer, like it is here in James 4, or it is gratitude and thankfulness, motives matter a whole lot. This is what Jonathan Edwards calls the gratitude of hypocrites. I don't think I've spent a whole lot of time thinking about gratitude and thankfulness combining with hypocrisy. Gratitude and thankfulness just it seems to be such a pure, like, good thing. And yet, Edwards calls it at times the gratitude of hypocrites. Why? Because they first rejoice and are elevated with the fact that they are made much of by God. And then on that ground, he seems in a sort lovely to them. Did you hear how important God thinks you are? Oh, yeah. that's. I like feeling important. Yeah. yeah. He values you a whole lot. Well, I like feeling value. I like feeling special. Okay, that's great. And he goes on to say, they are pleased in the highest degree in hearing how much God and Christ make of them so that their joy is really a joy in themselves and not in God. Like the girl earlier in the story. He doesn't like 
What girl doesn't like hearing how great they are, or wonderful she is, or how beautiful she is, and, and getting to go on dates and receiving flowers and jewelry? But, but what's the foundation of her delight? Dating that guy that she didn't even really like, but she likes the value that he places on her and the gifts and being made to feel special, but who cares if it's him or another guy doing it? She doesn't. Just as long as she gets to feel that way. And that is selfishness, and that is the wrong motives that James chapter 4, 3 to 4, is really talking about here. And it's shocking to think. The shocking thing is, is that this is one of today's most common descriptions of, of how to respond to the cross of Jesus with this description of this natural self-love that has like zero spiritual value. That's, that's what Edwards is saying. He, he's attempting really to spell out the biblical truth of 1 Corinthians 10.31, right? Whether I eat or whether I drink, I do everything the glory of God. And everything would include thanksgiving and gratitude. I give thanks and, I, and, I, and I'm... And I, Grateful to God. Why? To make much of God. God is not glorified. He's not if the foundation, the, the basis of our gratitude is the worth of the gift and not the excellency of the giver. And I'm, I'm not saying, don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy God's gifts that he gives to you. What, what I'm saying is, he is not glorified and made much of if the primary, the, the apex of your gratitude is the value of the gift because it, it reveals in a truly whorish way your heart and your motives. And your motives really matter because that's what James chapter 4 is all about. Because um, if that's the case, once again, go back to that story I told you with that girl. She's going out with the guy, not because she really likes him. She just likes all these benefits that come from him. If, if our gratitude is not rooted in who he is, in the beauty of God before the gifts, and, and you can be thankful and enjoy the gifts, but if it's not rooted in the beauty of God before the gifts, it's probably, I hate to tell you, but not really disguised as idolatry. Even in such instances in which, like on Thursday, we might sit around the table with non-Christians maybe and talk about what we're thankful or grateful for. Even in such instances when we actually even praise God for the ultimate gift of His Son. For some, it's not because we actually love the Son, but because we like all the things the Son gives to us, or because we like how He makes us feel so special or honored. And that's a problem. It's a problem whether the issue is prayer in the James 4 immediate context, or whether the issue is gratitude or thanksgiving. That's a problem. Why are you praying? Why are you grateful? Why are you thankful? That matters. Answering that question matters. Because it's possible, as I've said throughout the course of this message, to be grateful and thankful for ultimately all the wrong reasons. Reasons that don't honor God. And we should honor God. 
And so my prayer today for us, my prayer is that God would grant us a heart to delight in him for, for who he is. So that all of our gratitude for his gifts, it's just secondary to who he is. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. Um, Lord, for the gifts that you've given to us, of course, Lord. But we're thankful for you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, um, I pray that you would help us to find our gratitude, our thankfulness, first and foremost, in you, in your person, in your character. And everything else, yes, secondary, and we're thankful for those things, but they're secondary, of course, Lord. I pray that we would delight in you, that you would be our treasure, that we might join with the psalmist increasingly so, that we might be able to say, whom is my, who, who in heaven do I have before, before you, Lord? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, God, but that's okay, because, Lord, you are the strength of my heart, and you are my portion forever. That's my prayer for us, that you would be our portion, that you would be our greatest treasure, and that all our gratitude and all our thanksgiving would be rooted in you. And I pray, Lord, when it's not, that you would help us to kill those selfish, selfish parts of our unredeemed flesh that seep their way in, whether it's in how we pray or in the very act of giving thanks to you, Lord. I don't want any of us to be guilty of being an adulterous people, like a wife thanking her husband for funding her adultery. I don't, I don't want that to be our thankfulness, our form of gratitude. So, Lord, forgive us for the times that it has been. And, Lord, help us. Help us, Jesus, to be more like you in all areas, including gratitude and thankfulness. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.